pals it is me your girl a back again with a brand new episode of my podcast crimes coffee and crazy this is episode five and i figured i would switch gears from back to back true crime and um give you a real treat which is um my daughter's birth story (laughs) so if you are in the mood to laugh possibly cry um and just really (laughs) learn a bit more about me and I mean my body I guess um then stay tuned because I am gonna go there all right here we go So I want to give you guys a background about um, me and my husband and our talks about children and what we envisioned for ourselves and wanted for our family. Um, So if you listen to my first episode, I kind of touched on um, the fact that I did have a bit of fertility issues Um, or excuse me, I was told that I may have, um, trouble getting pregnant because I had a tumor, um, and it had suffocated my entire left ovary and they had to remove it. So I only have one functioning ovary. Um, yeah, my doctor at the time was like, Hey, uh, I'm not saying it's impossible because people have babies with one ovary all the time. I'm just saying that you might want to be um, like a bit prepared in case it takes a while or in case, you know, you do run into issues. And me and my neurotic obsessive brain just was like, okay, I'm never going to be able to have kids like this is this is it like this is the news that he has given me and I will not be able to like conceive children. Um, in reality, had I just been like normal and well-adjusted, I could have seen that, you know, that isn't exactly what he said. He just said it might be tricky. Um, and in my case it wasn't, and I'm very, very thankful that it wasn't. Um, because I know infertility is such a huge, huge topic for a lot of people and um I mean no disrespect when I'm saying that I I thought I had um infertility issues my brain uh works in mysterious ways uh, I am just trying to discover her right now as I'm 31 years old um I have been doing a lot of therapy and I've been diving into my past and my trauma and I'm realizing that I am always worst case scenario. Like I, it doesn't matter what it is. I am always worst case scenario. So when I was told that information about, you know, having it be potentially, um, tricky for me to conceive, I immediately convinced myself that I just would never have children which admittedly is not healthy I understand that and that's part of my mental illness is that I just obsess over things and convince myself that they're true 
Um, again, I'm in therapy. We're working through it, but it is a long process. This has been my like defense mechanism, my, my tick, my compulsion for a very, very long time. So it's not going to be solved overnight um, or quickly. It's going to take a lot of work and I'm trying to do the work, but it's fucking hard. Let me tell you. Um, okay. So when I got together with my husband, we have been together for six and a half years. Um, we just knew right away that we were going to be together forever. Like, I know that sounds so corny and like, ugh, I hate those couples too, but I really, I can't explain it. Like I had had a couple of serious ish, uh, relationships before him and I was always trying so, so hard to get these men to love me and compromising my values and like shitting on my self-worth because I was like, you know what? Like, obviously they don't want me, so I'm nothing. So then like, why not go out and get drunk and kiss boys at the bar? Like, you know, (laughs) boost your self-confidence, girl. Uh, But yeah, so I... I had a couple of relationships, but none that were as serious and none that moves so quickly. Um, so he was working about 45 minutes from where I was living at the time. So we really only got to see each other on weekends. Um, that was really hard, but I also think it gave us a lot of time to get to know each other. And I know I said we moved really fast and we did because we both knew that we were each other's person. Like I met him and I was like, that's the guy. That is the guy that I've been told about my whole life. That is the guy that my mom would have wanted me to marry. And that is the guy that, you know, my grandma would have approved of and my papa, like they all would have loved my husband. So I knew in my heart that I had met my match. And so, yeah, we talked a lot about our future together. Um, He accepted a job about nine months into our relationship, which was going to bring him like seven, eight hours away from where I was situated at the time. And I was (laughs) completely convinced that he was going to leave me. Um, Hi, abandonment issues. How are you? Um, I have them very, very bad. Uh, That's a whole other episode, guys. But anyway, so I was under the assumption that like we were going to break up and he was just going to leave. And then like I told him that and he was like, okay, like. I'm bringing you with me, like, hello, and I was like, oh my god, what, seriously, like, I was just so dumbfounded, like, I could not believe this man wanted to take me, like, too, (laughs) so yeah, we got, um, I, I quit my job, I left my hometown, and I moved, like, eight hours away, uh, up far, far north. And I was terrified. 
I was like, oh my gosh, like, what did I do? Um, we got this beautiful apartment. And so this was my first time ever living with anybody who was not my family. Like this was my first time living with a, a man. Um, and cohabiting is not a joke, guys. Like there are so many things about my husband that drive me bonkers. Um, and it's just like something as simple as putting, you know, dirty dishes on the counter when the dishwasher is empty. That is a whole other episode because uh, I'm crazy. I'm crazy about a lot of things. <laughs> hence the name. Uh, and I had too much coffee today. So hence the name again. Um, okay, so I am rambling. This is about my daughter's birth story. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, so my husband and I are together. We're happy. I meet a few people where I moved and shout out to my homies up north. I love you guys so much and I miss you guys so much and I cannot wait until this pandemic is over and I can come and visit and we can all go for a drink because, oh, I just love you. Okay. I digress. Um, so we got engaged in April of 2017, no, 2016, excuse me. Um, and I was like, okay, like, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm getting married again. I never saw myself getting married. I never saw myself end up with anybody. I just... I thought so low of myself that like, how could anyone ever love me, you know, and like, let's all cue the saddest girl in the world music and the tiniest violin because like, shut up, eh? you are worthy. And my listener, you are worthy. Like, this is all work that we need to do on ourselves on each other. Like, I want to lift you guys up. And I want you to see me really trying um, to lift myself up as well. So we got engaged and I remember the day that we talked about babies and when we would start trying for a family. I was so scared because I was on birth control um, and I knew that like if I went off birth control and I didn't get pregnant for a while that all of my fears and all of my doubts and all of my anxiety surrounding that possibility of not getting pregnant would come flooding in. And I, I really didn't think I could handle it. Like I was just, and I am just really emotionally unstable. I'm a very, very sensitive person. Um, and so I was very scared, but my husband was like, you're going to get pregnant. And I'm like, how can you be so sure? Like, how how are you so sure of that? And he was like, I just know things. And he says that a lot. And he is right because I went off birth control and two weeks later I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, Having not really kept track of my period, like for, I don't know, X amount of years that I was on birth control because... 
birth control always made me super regular. Like I would know, okay, you're going to take placebos. So like, you're going to start your birth control, whatever. My ladies out there, they know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, so yeah, when the placebo week happened, I was like, I should be starting my period. Like what's going on? This is weird. And I took a test and it said positive. And I remember it was morning and the sun was shining so bright in our apartment and I just couldn't contain myself. And I, I yelled for my husband to come into the bathroom and showed him and the look on his face, I just want to put that picture in a box and keep it in my head forever because he was so happy and he was so supportive and he was so he was just beaming like he just was on top of the world and so was I I just couldn't believe this was our lives and we had wanted to start our family and I am so pessimistic and negative and I was like it's not gonna happen for me it's not gonna happen for us blah 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 but like it happened so seamlessly and I am so grateful for that my daughter is I'm gonna get emotional in this podcast episode like fair warning (laughs) but she's my best friend I love her she's my favorite girl in the world etc we will get into that after. So (laughs) I, um, I'm pregnant. I decide to make an appointment at the hospital and see, um, what to do next. I mean, I had never been pregnant before. I had never, um, you know, been to an appointment with an OB, uh, like my family doctor would always do my pap tests and stuff. And like, I just didn't know what to expect. So, um, In the town where I was living, there is a very, very small population, and there was only one OB in town. Um, So I was automatically placed on his roster, and um, I'm going to call him Dr. C. Dr. C was so thorough, and what I mean by that is... I was such an anxious pregnant woman and he, I think he could see that, but I also think that it was his, I believe his first year as like the sole OB, um, in that town. And I think that he just wanted to do a good job, which is something obviously you want in an OB. And I am super grateful to him because, you know, I, he got me, he got me there and, uh, my daughter's perfect. So, yeah. Um, so, Dr. C was super thorough, like I just mentioned, and he would have me run um, a bunch of tests, basically um, like urine tests, blood work. Uh, I also had to do, okay, trigger warning. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> I had to do this test where they check for protein in your urine. So he legit gave me like a jug and this thing to go on your toilet to like collect all your pee and then put it in this big jug and keep it in your fridge. Yeah, in your fridge, guys, for I think two days I had to do that. And then I had to go into the clinic and drop it off like a freaking 
<sighs> weirdo. Yeah. Um, that was just to make sure that I wasn't, uh, I didn't have preeclampsia and, you know, my proteins were all, all good. Um, but yes, he was very thorough. He made me do a lot of testing. It was not invasive or whatever, but it was a lot because I was always so concerned. Like, why am I getting all these tests? Why? Like, is there something wrong with my baby? And, but no, um, he was just being, he was covering all his bases, which like I'm thankful for. Um, so I was like a pregnant unicorn. And what I mean by that is with my daughter, I could eat anything. I was sleeping okay. I had no nausea. So like, I'm sorry to rub that in your face, but holy moly, like my second pregnancy made up for my first because my second was a literal nightmare and that will be its own episode too. And it's coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I was just, I was so happy being pregnant with her and like, I was just comfortable. I could eat, I could sleep. I wasn't throwing up. Like it was a dream. Um, and then the dream kind of went away for a bit because I, like I said, had to do a lot of tests and I did one round of blood work and then I was a slacker and didn't go back for a second round like I was supposed to. And so this big test workup that the doctor wanted to perform, he only had my blood from that one um, appointment. And when it was analyzed, it was found that there was some abnormalities. And so he calls me back into his office and he's like, hey, um, the blood workup that we did have these um, abnormalities. So we're going to do like a big ass blood workup and send it to this genetic testing place, yada, yada. And I'm terrified. And I'm like, what does this mean? And Dr. C was like, well, um, because of your age, uh, it means that your daughter has a one in 150, I believe, or 125 chance of being born with Down syndrome. And my whole world stopped. And I just didn't know how to process that information. Like I mentioned earlier, my brain automatically was like, she has Down syndrome. Like, wh what are we going to do? And I don't mean like, what are we going to do in terms of like terminating the pregnancy? Because I would never. But I was so confused as to what that would look like. I'm a very visual person and I like knowing how things are going to turn out, how things are going to look and being in control of things. And this was something that I was just not in control of. So he took a lot of blood <laughs> from me and sent it to this lab um, for these, this fancy testing. Um, so I, I get called back. I remember my husband couldn't come because he was working and that was like the only appointment that he missed, I believe, throughout my pregnancy. Like he always wanted to be there. Um, so the doctor sits me down 
And I was like, please just tell me, like, tell me the results. I've been going crazy. And he was like, the baby's fine. The baby's healthy. There's no cause for concern. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, I was just so relieved. Um, And this is going to probably get me in trouble with people. But I, I don't want to say that. I would have loved her any differently had she had Down syndrome. Um, Like I said, I'm worst case scenario and I like to be in control of things. So I couldn't see what having a child with Down syndrome is like. I, I, I don't know. Um, One of my best friends has a sister who um, requires a lot of care. And I just think that her parents are magic. I think it takes a very, very special kind of person to to do that, to care for for somebody who constantly needs round the clock care. I like I don't want to offend anybody is what I'm getting at. I, I really don't. I I don't think that um yeah. I just, you know, if, if I have offended you, I'm very sorry. That's not my intention. I just want to make that clear. Um, so when he was giving me these results, he also told me that he had the gender. Um, and that was something that my husband and I had talked about. Uh, his mom was kind of like, not against us finding out, but she was just like, oh, but you know, it's so much fun when, when it's a surprise. Um, but again, I don't like being out of control of things. <laughs> so I wanted to know the gender, um, so I could start buying things and, you know, we could start talking about names, even though we already kind of had talked about names. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted I wanted to know. So when the doctor told me um, he had the gender and asked me if I wanted to know without uh, missing a beat, I was like, yes, yes, tell me. And like stupid me, I could have waited until I was at home with my husband and like open an envelope or whatever. But I, <laughs> I just couldn't wait. So. I should say that I was 99.9 convinced that this baby in my belly was a boy. I had nicknames for him. I could I was talking to him like he was a boy. I was like, you know, my baby boy, my sunny boy, like I I really thought that it was a boy. So the doctor says, "Congratulations, eh? You're having a baby girl." And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like you're having a baby girl. Congrats. And I was like, no, like it's a boy. And he was like, hey, this, this test is like 99.9% accurate, uh, because it's a blood test. Like they picked out her genetic makeup and realized that, you know, she is a female and you are having a daughter. Like, get on board. And I was not unhappy. I was just so shocked because like I said, I, I truly believed that 
I was having a boy. <laughs> um, so I zipped to the local Walmart because I felt so terrible about finding out the gender before my husband. And I picked out like a couple of pink onesies and I brought them home. And when he got home, I told him that I had found out the gender and then I gave him the onesies and he was so excited. Uh, and then we called his parents and we told them, you're having a granddaughter. And they were so excited. It was a very, very good day. Oh, so I spent the next few months just completely in awe that I was going to have a little girl. Um, I never pictured having a daughter for some reason. Um, and now that she is here and she's been my daughter for three years, um, I can't imagine. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Talking about my kids gets me a little crazy. Uh, crying girl over here. Um, <laughs> I just can't imagine my life without her. Um, but we're not there yet. I'm going to talk about birth story and <laughs> then I'll give you a little background about my girl. So, um, yeah, the next few months I just spent nesting and we actually got married when I was four months pregnant. Um, and we announced it at my wedding because... We really wanted to tell the people closest to us in person and we thought like what better way to share the happy news than to say it in our wedding speech. So we said our thank yous and our, you know, whatever in our in our wedding speech and then we said, you know, this is the happiest day of our lives, but soon it will be like the second happiest day because in March we are welcoming our baby and everyone like lost their shit. They were so happy for us. And my wedding honestly was one of the highlights of my life. It literally was so much fun. So many of my close friends and family members, they came and we had an amazing, amazing time. Uh, shout out to my girl K Dog for requesting sandstorm at my wedding uh I will request that at your wedding to my brother anyways moving on um yeah so our wedding was amazing and everyone took the news of us having a baby amazing they were so ex excited and happy for us and yeah so we just went back up north after we got married here and um, began preparing for the arrival of our baby. So I had decided early on that I wanted my daughter to have godparents and Thomas agreed with my suggestion um, because he's really fond of them as well. I'm not going to say their names, but uh, if you're listening, we love you guys. Um, so we... I had asked my friend who is her godmother, my, my daughter's godmother to come up for the birth because 
I didn't have a mom to call and like beg to come, you know, and I felt awkward asking my mother-in-law and that is a whole other story. Like I am just not one to ask for help. I don't like asking for help and making it like, I feel like I'm a burden a lot, if that makes sense. And I just felt like I would be a burden, even though like now we're so much closer and I feel like it would have been really good to have her there. But anyway, um, I was lucky enough that my friend was able to um, come up. And the only problem I had while pregnant was that I had extremely, extremely high blood pressure. And Dr. C was worried about me developing preeclampsia. Um, so he suggested that I be induced. Again, never been a mom, never been pregnant, never had a baby. So I had no idea what this really meant. Um, and he was like, okay, so you're going to come in on March 7th and I'm going to basically put this like pad tampony thing in you. <laughs> Sorry guys, but it's, that's what you do. And, um, that will soften up your cervix and hopefully kickstart labor. And then you know, we'll have this baby. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. You're going to be putting something inside me. Cool, cool. And then I'm going to just be pushing a full-blown human out of my body. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so I went home that day and was so, so, so nervous. But uh, luckily, I was able to tell my friend the exact plan and she was able to make it up there for her birth. So but that's something that we do as Indigenous people to um, bring. For me personally, it brings a calmness. Um, when I smudge and I smell the smoke, I'm, I'm comforted and I feel strong. I think it's different for everybody, but those are what I feel. And um, I knew I wanted to do that before and just try and do anything I could to ensure her safety coming into the world and also my safety giving birth to her. Like I was just so scared. Um, and that's what I do. I, I turn to smudging and the creator when I'm scared and I, I should turn to him a bit more often than that, but that's another episode. So let's stick with the birth story. Um, so I went on on March 7th with my husband and my best friend and we, I got that t weird tampon cervix softening thing put inside me. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. This is super uncomfortable. Uh, when does this end? And like, I was scared because that was uncomfortable. Like, hello, you're about to push a human out of your body. Like that, I'm sure that'll be uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, Nothing was happening. I had that put in around 1 p.m. on March 7th. And um, it was about 6, 6.30. And I was just over it. I'm like, okay, it's not happening. I can't sleep in a hospital. Can I just go home and sleep? And Dr. C was like, eh, I don't know. like, And I was like, please, like, I live literally two minutes from the hospital. Like, let me go home and just, like, relax and, like, just eat <laughs> supper and 
you know, if I, if anything happens, I'll come right back. And he was like, okay. So we get back to my apartment, my husband, my best friend and I, and we're having dinner and it's about like seven ish. And I was like, I really got to pee guys. And I stand up and I'm not kidding you. It was like freaking Niagara Falls came out of my body, out of my vag, out of like, I, it, it was like I peed my pants, but I couldn't stop. So it was literally just like, like, sorry, but like gush after gush of water. I was like, um, guys, um, guys, and they're just like sitting there shooting the shit, no problems, whatever. And I'm like, hello. And they're, they both look at each other. They look at me. They're like, oh my God, oh my God. So I run my ass to the bathroom. My best friend is there giving me a new pair of pants, grabbing a towel. My husband is like jumping in the downstairs in the car and we're off back to the hospital. So we're on our way to the hospital and I am admitted, um, I'm like, hey, y'all, my water just broke and I'm literally sitting in a wheelchair. My best friend is wheeling me around (laughs) the lobby and I'm just freaking out because I don't want to get their chair wet. Like, that's the kind of person I am. Hi, Um, my water broke all over your chair and I'm really sorry if you hate me. Um, And my husband was parking our car. He runs in. We run into the hospital um, and they admit me and I'm brought immediately to the maternity section, the maternity ward. And I am given two nurses. And let me paint a very, very rich picture for you. I have two nurses. One nurse is your old school seasoned vet nurse who just takes no shit, doesn't do things by the book, just like gets does it to get shit done you know what I mean she was just like balls to the wall this is the plan this is what we're gonna do we're gonna take care of you it's all good honey don't worry and I was like okay like thank you um and then there was a second nurse who to this day I still call my quarterback and I will tell you why later she was a dream she was like a bit younger and she was more relatable to me So the older nurse left to assist somewhere else and the younger nurse stayed in our room. And that night was hysterical. I remember singing the song off of The Office that Jan's um, assistant Hunter sang where it's like, you took me by the hand. Like me and my husband were singing that song the night I was going to give birth to our daughter. <laughs> um, I remember the nurse turning on the TV in that room and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was on. I remember also, I think vaguely comparing myself to Vin Diesel. I'm not really sure in what context. Um... I think I said something like I live my life a quarter mile at a time and I don't know. I was just like really, really nervous and really loopy, but not from drugs, just from like the sheer terror of becoming a mother. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, <laughs> 
The nurses are checking me every so often. Like I mentioned earlier, Dr. C is the only OB. And there was another woman giving birth the same night I was. So he was a busy, he was a busy guy. Um, so the nurses were moderate, monitoring my daughter's heart rate and um, the doctor performed a check on me. Now, for all my ladies out there who have had a baby and you've had a check, I honestly think the check is more painful than giving birth. And here's why. So if you've never had a check, basically the doctor puts like their hand in you to see how far you are dilated, to see the baby's head position, to check a number of things. It needs to be done. Um, and, you know, I would do it a hundred million times if it meant having my daughter again, but it is not pleasant. Just let me say that. It's not a very pleasant feeling. So Dr. C was the only OB um, in that hospital. So when I wasn't progressing, um, I think I was only three centimeters when we got to the hospital. And so they hooked me up to, they hooked me up to Pitocin, uh, which is like a drug that will help kickstart contractions. So the Pitocin is pumping and things just start progressing like at a reasonable rate, I guess. Um, but when, and like I had told Dr. C initially that I wanted the epidural, um, wasn't trying to be a hero, didn't want to do it naturally. Like I just really don't like pain. So I really wanted the epidural anyway. So Dr. C was like, okay, well, you're not progressing like super quickly. Like you're still only about three centimeters. Like let's just up your dose of Pitocin. So my husband and my best friend are in the room with me and the young nurse. And I just all of a sudden kind of have this like need to go to the bathroom. It felt like I had to poop. <laughs> Sorry, trigger warning, poop. Um, uh, and when I got up out of the bed, like my best friend came with me and, um, there was like blood on the floor, like just like a little trail kind of. And as I was sitting on the toilet, I remember her like grabbing my knees and she was like, do you have to push? Like, is that what you're feeling right now? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And she was like, oh girl. Okay. Like, let's get you back to bed. So I was freaking out. And then I also remember trying to like clean up the blood on the floor, <laughs> like nine months pregnant, trying to clean up my mess, like calm down. Um, and the nurse was like, Hey, you are in like active labor. Like maybe don't clean the hospital room right now. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Sounds great. Um, so yeah, I got back to the bed and my contractions were starting to get really intense and I was like really panicked because I had never ever given birth and never been a mom or pregnant or anything like that and I was just 
terrified. The realization of my daughter coming into the world so soon was like heart stopping. I was just like so scared. Um, but I kept focusing on, okay, I'm going to get the epidural and hopefully everything goes smoothly and, you know, no, like minimal pain and it'll be all good. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) So I was having pretty intense contractions. Um, and my doctor, Dr. C came finally. And like I mentioned earlier, he was the only OB Um, He was also bouncing between another woman who was giving birth that night and myself. So it was a lot like it it was a lot and kudos to him for, you know, making it um, to check on me and and being as positive as I think he could be. Um, So, okay. It's very weird to like revisit these memories. I mean, I'll always treasure them in a way, but it's like also kind of giving me anxiety right now. (sighs) Okay. So I remember asking the doctor and he was checking me and he was like, okay, like you're nine and a half centimeters dilated. And it just like jumped so far like remember it was like two centimeters three centimeters like you're not progressing and then it kind of came out of nowhere where it's like actually bt dubs girl you are nine and a half centimeters dilated so that was a lot to come to terms with um and then in my in my um logical part of my brain i was like oh uh, you're nine and a half centimeters. Cool. So you cannot get the epidural, but in my crazy amount of pain, please make it stop part of the brain. I remember looking at the doctor and like crying and begging. And I was like, can I get the epidural now? And he was just like, uh, no girl, like you cannot get the epidural. And I was like, but I need it. Like, my husband always um, would tell me after the fact that he never saw me get so angry so fast. I literally was like pushing my body off of the hospital bed in hopes of just like, I don't even know where I was going. I don't know if I was going to like try and punch the doctor. I don't know if I was just going to like try and run away. Like, I don't know in that mind and that in that moment, I literally had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So after finding out I couldn't get the epidural, I was 10 times more scared. Even with the contractions being pretty intense, I could never, like everyone that I've talked to who's had a baby um, like friends of mine and whatever, they say like epidural is amazing. You don't feel anything. Some of them, you know, the epidurals didn't work. So they felt everything. Um, I was just really banking on being able to get it and having it work that I never really mentally prepared myself to do it without, um, pain relief. Uh, (laughs) um, so yeah, Once they kind of calmed me down, I just remember looking at my best friend and I was crying and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she was like, yeah, you can. Like, you have to. 
And this is the okay. I'm going to not get emotional because like I don't have a lot of gas in the tank today. Um, my friend and I share a very special bond. We both lost our mothers. Um, her at like an exceptionally young age, which is so awful. And, um, and, and my mom, which I kind of detailed in my first episode, uh, so I had shared with her that my mom had actually given birth without any medication, any pain relief um, for me and my brother. And I just thought that was so badass. And I just never thought that I was bad enough, badass enough to do it. So I'm freaking out and panicking. And my best friend like grabs my knee and she's like, you can do this. Like your mom did it and you're going to do it. Like that's it. And I will always be grateful to her for that because I think that along with like my husband there and like, you know, everything thankfully went smoothly and safely and, and, you know, I have my daughter now and I wouldn't trade her for anything, but that little comment, that big comment, I should say, um, really helped me. So, uh, if you're listening, pal, you rock and I couldn't have done it without you. Um, yeah. Okay. So now it's time to basically deliver this baby and I am freaking the F out. My contractions are crazy. Um, my young nurse is uh, like amazing. So the doctor was there. He was gearing up. He was putting on his gown and his gloves and whatever. And I was in such intense pain. And the nurse was just like, look at me in the eyes. Look at me in the eyes. And I just remember focusing on her. And she was like kind of at like the right side of me. Like she was at the bottom this is so hard to explain, but she was at the bottom of the table, but she was like more leaning towards like the right, I would say. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she was like, yes, you can. Like next big contraction, I'm going to count to 10 and you're going to keep your eyes on me and you're going to push with all your might. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she was like, yes, you can. Like you can do this. And I look up and like, I am not an overly, oh God, I knew I was going to get freaking emotional. I am not like a super religious person. Um, by that, I mean, I, I don't like, I follow more of an indigenous path, um, which I'm still discovering and learning about. So there are some teachings and ceremonies and stuff that I have done and um, believe in wholeheartedly. And I'm not discrediting other religions. I think they're all fascinating. And I would actually love to learn more about everything um, because I'm a nerd. But in that moment when the nurse was like, all right, I'm going to count to 10. I looked over her shoulder and I saw my mom. For just like a flicker, she was standing in the corner and I was like, 
sorry. And she just smiled at me. And I knew, I knew that she was going to take care of me. I don't think I've ever told anybody that. Besides my husband, maybe. Um... So anyway, my nurse, my quarterback, <laughs> and you'll see why in a second, uh, she said, I'll count to 10. And when she got to number six, my daughter was on the table. <laughs> it was a very, very fast labor, a very, very fast delivery, which was very uncommon. Um, having it been my first baby. But yeah. I guess I was just made to make babies. So the reason why I call um, my young nurse my quarterback was because my daughter just came zooming into the world like a freaking football and this nurse basically caught her. <laughs> um, remember when I said that the doctor was putting his gown on and his gloves? Yeah, he wasn't even there around my business when I was giving birth. He was still gearing up and my daughter just came out full force. Um, and yeah, just didn't wait a second, <laughs> which I mean, was good for me. In retrospect, I didn't have a long labor and the delivery was super quick. So I'm grateful. But yeah, it was very scary. Um, but I will say that after I had her. All of the pain, all of the anxiety, all of the stress just literally dissipated. And I was just glad she was here and she was um, perfect, beautiful, so tiny. My girl was only 5 pounds 11 ounces. So she was a little tiny bean, but um, she was just magic. And I'll always be grateful to my husband for giving me these beautiful children and my best friend for being there when my daughter was born, the doctor, the nurses, like they were all amazing. So I had um, my daughter and then the nurse, like I said, okay, so as soon as I had her, it was like instant relief, right? And then all of a sudden, I just kept asking if she was okay, because the nurse, I think, was a bit concerned. I found out after that she, I think she had some breathing issues, but um, they took her over to the the little cube that they put them in to do all their tests and, and clean them up and stuff. And um, I couldn't, I, like, I got reassured that she was okay. And then all of a sudden, I just couldn't hear anything. We still don't really know what it was. I thought I was dying. Like I kept seeing lights and stuff, but um talking to my midwife cuz I had a midwife for my for my son. Um she maybe thought that it was like my adrenaline was just like up 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 and then, you know, once I had her it crashed, um could have been my blood pressure finally normalizing because I mentioned earlier I had very high blood pressure for my whole pregnancy. And then once I delivered, uh, it was back to normal. Um, I also lost a lot of blood, uh, which is a uh, trigger warning blood, but, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, um, had my daughter perfect. She was tough and strong and still is the same way. Um, and, uh, so we, went back to my hospital room and 
I was able to rest for like 2.5 seconds because I don't sleep in hospitals. And um, yeah, once we got the go ahead, she we were able to leave. We were able to bring her home. Um, I didn't... I've heard horror stories from people close to me about tearing. Um, and I was lucky enough that I didn't tear too much. Like I did have a small tear and needed a couple of stitches, but, um, it wasn't super, super intense. So again, super grateful for that. And, um, my friend, bless her, she told me, you know, you're going to bleed so much and you're going to, you know, I tore really bad. And, and I wanted to hear these things because I wanted to be prepared for anything. Like I'm the kind of person who likes knowing the nitty gritty, because then if it happens to me, I'm like, okay, this is normal. But guys, I was a freak of nature. I didn't bleed hardly at all afterwards. Maybe it's because of all the blood loss during my delivery. Um, and within like a week I felt like normal again, like down there. And I know everyone like who's listening, who's given birth and had really hard labors and deliveries and recoveries are going to hate me. And I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry for that. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just very, very blessed that, um, yeah, I'm very blessed. <sighs> um, so after we had my daughter, we stayed up north for about three months and then decided that it would be better to move back closer to where my husband's family is based. Um, we wanted her to grow up around family and, and, you know, grandparents were such a huge part of my life. I wanted to be close to his parents so they would be able to be involved as well. Um, so we found a cute little house and, um, yeah, set down roots back here. And, um, that is the story of how we had my daughter. <laughs> um, a little about her. She is three. She turned three in March. She is the sweetest and kindest little human I've ever met. She is so in tune with her emotions. She is so in tune with other people's emotions. It's a little bit scary sometimes. Um, I call her my brave heart because she's so brave and she's so courageous. She is not afraid of anything, which scares the shit out of me as her mom. Um, she's so brilliant and beautiful. I mean... I have dark hair and dark eyes and those are dominant genes. Like those colors are, are usually the dominant ones, but she has like light brownish, reddish, blondish hair. It's very, it changes all the time and it's very cool to see, but she has lighter hair than I do. And her eyes are just the biggest blue green that you could ever imagine. So, um, they kind of remind me of my mom's eyes. They're the same color. Uh, which is very special. And yeah, that is the story of how we had my daughter, how I had a crazy fast delivery. <laughs> um, I am going to be doing an episode on my son's delivery as well. So stay tuned for that because that one was not so, uh, I'll say easy. I will use the word easy because my daughter's was 
uh, cakewalk compared to my son. <laughs> so yeah, um, I just want to say a big thank you again to tuning into my podcast. I'm like going through the numbers of my listeners and stuff and my subscribers and um, it's unreal to me that you guys are liking what I'm putting out and it truly means the world to me. I know I sound like a sap when I say this over and over in every episode, but honestly, like this is just so much fun for me. And the fact that people are actually listening is just so rad. Like I really appreciate it. And, uh, um, yeah, if you would like to recommend me to your pals, if you think that they would like it, um, I think I might actually, post on my personal Instagram and share with those people like my friends and family that I've been doing this which is a little bit nerve-wracking for me but um we're gonna try maybe Uh, I haven't decided completely yet but yeah um okay so if you would like to connect with me you can reach me on Twitter at podcast ccc um you can send me an email which is crimescoffeeandcrazy at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at crimescoffeeandcrazy. Um, I totally love doing my true crime episodes so look out for another one of those because I think I already know which case I'm going to do and like I said I have my son's birth story coming up and I have a couple of mental health episodes that I have ideas for So yeah, um, stay tuned, stay listening, stay safe because COVID is fucking scary. Um, I live in Ontario right now, so my fellow Ontarians just be safe because this is just getting real intense now. Um, all right. Thank you so much again, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks, pals.